0: pursue your purpose speak your truth deal with adult bullies cope with failure live beyond fear establish values set boundaries move past trauma these are all the themes in my amazon bestseller the smart girls handbook tribers get in close for 15 years i have been searching for a book that didn't exist so i am thrilled to share that i decided to write it the smart girls handbook is available to buy now from wherever you get your books and also in canada the united states of america new Zealand and Australia. Everything we do is a response to something you have asked for and girl, have you been begging me for a book For years. Who is it for you? The reviews are outstanding. The press has been phenomenal, and I am overwhelmed by the amazing support it has had already. This isn't my book but our book. I realised after my talks around the world, women would be queuing for hours just to ask me one question. I didn't want them to just walk away, but to have a tangible source to have forever, and this is it. This is refreshing, never before read content that will inspire, motivate, empower and entertain you. It's full of my personal development tips that have got me living as my most authentic and highest self, literally glowing from within. My most vulnerable moments and hilarious stories that will resonate with you. The Smart Girl's Handbook is a celebration of womanhood and the book missing from your library. So grab your copy today, tag me on Instagram at Tribe, and I will send you an exclusive gift just to say thank you. Hello, Tribers. Welcome back to the Smart Girl Tribe. My podcast or welcome if this is your first time here. For a long time I have been living intuitively. Before eating I ask myself what does my body want. I ditched my alarm ages ago in the morning so my body can guide how much sleep it needs and I have also let my body decide what exercise I should be carrying out every day even if that means every morning for weeks on end I do yoga rather than running or a hit workout. I didn't know intuitive living was a thing, though, until I discovered Emmy Vadnais, an occupational therapist and intuitive healer. She is also the author of Intuitive Development, How to Trust Your Inner Knowing for Guidance with Relationships, Health and Spirituality. In our current society, analytical thinking has been promoted over our intuition, especially as women. Institutions, in fact, have been set up to encourage us to not follow our gut instinct or sixth sense, which is why I was so excited to invite Emmy onto our podcast. We talk about the questions you should ask yourself to live intuitively, what to do if your intuition is telling you one thing, but comes at the cost of disappointing others, including family and friends, the connection between your intuition and your dreams and consciousness, and of course, how to strengthen your intuition. We also get into how much of a role the universe plays in our intuition and how to not let our intuition get affected by the news that surrounds us every day. This is one of my favorite episodes to date, so let me know what you think in our private Facebook group, the Smart Girl Tribe Society. Hi, Emmy. Thank you so much for coming on to the Smart Girl Tribe podcast today. Could you just start off by explaining how you got into this?
1: Yeah, so into intuition. Well, I think that intuition is something that we all have, and I was a new occupational therapist in the mid nineties. And I kind of got burnt out early on and started experiencing my own symptoms of depression and anxiety. And I'd always been interested in holistic and what's now referred to as integrative health, which is really some of the oldest traditions of health in the world that have now really, you know, meeting mainstream healthcare. And I started learning about uh, energy healing and meditation, and really started learning about how much our intuition can help us in life. And I realized that I had kind of gotten off track with that a little bit. And that I think that in those, in those years, my anxiety and depression w- was partly my intuition speaking to me that there was another path in my life.
0: What does it mean to follow and trust your intuition? Could you just define intuitive living or development, please?
1: Yeah, well, intuition, um, you know, pe- different people might have different definitions, but a common one is that it's your inner knowing. And so being able to follow that is being able to really trust yourself and to kind of, you know, Mm, settle the mud from the water of your mind so that you can think more clearly and really be in that spot of what you know is right and true and best for you and those in your life, which is easier said than done.
0: <laughs> so, what would you then say is the opposite of living intuitively?
1: Well, I think that there are many examples of that. I see, I think we see that in the news, we see that in. Uh, All sorts of different facets of society where um, mm, not such kind things are happening. So I think that the opposite of living from your intuition, I would say, is when you are not clear with what is for the highest good and greatest joy for yourself and others. And this can be attached to our egos, what sometimes referred to as our egos, when we're attached maybe to past wounds or emotions, are getting stuck in thinking that, you know, we have some prescribed life that we're supposed to live or that we have to live up to some expectation versus what's authentically from our own heart. Mm-hmm. And I've been working with with people for many, many years and, I do believe that there's a bit of karma involved for people. And I think that not everybody is in alignment with what their true purpose is. And I think that if more people were and really living from their heart and that from that love and kindness, I think we would have a much different world.
0: I agree. And one thing that I personally believe is women predominantly struggle to trust their intuition more. Why would you say that is?
1: Oh, I find that fascinating. Why do you think women, that's interesting. Some would say men struggle with it more. How, how, okay. Is that, yeah, is that something you just observed or?
0: It's something that I have done a lot of research on and putting together all of the evidence and the data. I think there are certain institutions in place that encourage women to shrink themselves, to not think that they're enough, to not think they're worthy enough. I mean, one very obvious example would be the beauty industry you know, the beauty industry doesn't gain anything from women thinking that they are enough. And if every woman in the world collectively decided that she was, there would be an economic collapse, there would be an economic crisis. And, you know, when you take people aging, for example, if you opened up a magazine, and you saw a woman who was maybe had she was gray haired, she had wrinkles and things like this, you know, as we have seen with certain TV shows at the moment that feature older women, they tend to get trashed. Whereas men, you take, for example, George Clooney, those who are gray, they're almost praised and celebrated and they're put on the covers of GQ. So I find that men are accepted in that way, whereas women aren't. So I feel like we are all born free, but then women in particular are slammed with societal expectations and pressures to the point that they're encouraged to no longer trust their intuition.
1: Yeah, well, thank you for all the research you've done. Some of that I'm not familiar with, but that makes a lot of sense when we see those uh, external expectations. And I think that that's something that men and women grow up with is, Um, having to live to a certain standard, right? And we know that men and women are um, trained, shall we say, or conditioned differently. And it does seem that since we're talking specifically about women here, that women who are taught to have a particular image or to have to please, right? To There's a lot of people pleasing, I think, that women are expected to do because women are conditioned to be the nurturers and women literally give life from their bodies. And so I think some of that is, I think, beautiful and wonderful that women are so nurturing and a lot of men can be as well. But in that process, I think what can happen is that women's self-esteem can be really degraded. And I think that part of what happens is that Perhaps some women are trying to sort of climb out of that lack of self-love and self-acceptance, which all the thousands of people I provided therapy to over the years, when I get to the core of what's going on with their health condition, because I'm a licensed occupational therapist as well uh, as an intuitive healer, that at the core of those conditions is often a lack of self-love and self-acceptance, which uh, really, I think, can impact a person's ability to trust their intuition. Because if we're not trusting ourselves, if we don't have that self-esteem, how can we have the confidence then to go forward and make healthy choices? And so what I really see with helping people with their intuitive development is that it really is a journey to love, to self-love and self-acceptance.
0: Mm-hmm. And what institutions on the whole, not necessarily just when it comes to women, or what, particular, what in particular when it comes to society prevents us From following our guards.
1: Well, I think there's many things that do that. Like I said, I think that it's a lot of conditioning when we are when we are growing up. I think there's a certain amount of expectations of how we are to live our lives. And that can happen from our parents. I mean, I think it really, you know, again, from all the different therapy I've done with folks over the years. I mean, Mm -hmm. yes, there's many facets of commercialism, marketing, um, you know, the environment you're grown up, the religion you're grown up or not grown up with, but essentially I think a lot of that is really comes down to uh parents and and how you your sense of yourself and being able to feel good about yourself and and uh I also think that m- most people have some type of wound from their childhood, whether the parent was busy working, uh, whether the parent had some type of substance use issue, Um, you know, the list goes on and on. Divorce, all these things can cause trauma. And invariably what happens is when a person is a child, they internalize that, that there's something wrong with them. And so that then they can have a harder time um, believing in themselves because right away they feel like there's something, that, that they have some type of shame or that there's something that's not okay with them. And so, again, in, in the ways that I've helped people, I've just noticed that time and time again that that seems to be a common theme for people. And it could be as simple as that a child had some homework to do and the parent um, yelled at them or got upset and the child has some shame. And so they carry that forward and then that can limit their ability to to trust uh, their needs to express themselves. I mean all sorts of layers of conditioning can get deep and sometimes even repressed into the consciousness so that they're not able to uh, love themselves and to really listen to that that part of themselves.
0: So how would you say, um, how, how do social convention, ego and anxiety, maybe even common sense try to masquerade as intuition?
1: Yeah, I think that the big thing is, is that a person, well, first of all, I think that when we think about trusting our intuition, I think that a great way to come from it is, is to think about a time in your life To kind of look retroactively, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. Of what not not to not to mention the year we just had, but (laughs) although I think that was a pivotal year for a lot of people, made people a lot of people really examine things closely in their lives. Um, To think about a time that you did follow your intuition and it worked out really well for you. So, for example, if you made a choice in your life with maybe something to do with um, some accomplishment that you're proud of, or maybe it was a job or maybe a relationship or a move and you just had a feeling or you just had a knowing or maybe you had a dream um, and that was just right for you and it it turned out really well. And then maybe to think about maybe there was a time that you knew you should have done something, but you didn't. (laughs) And then. Things didn't turn out exactly or things were more difficult for you. So those can be ways to help you to understand when you're listening to your intuition or when you're not listening to your intuition. And now I forget your full question, but that made me think of that when you asked that question.
0: (laughs) Yeah. How would common sense then try to masquerade as intuition?
1: Yeah. So the reason that I brought that up in the context of that question is that I think that we can... Um. We can be on the surface with our intuition, and that's where things like meditation, quieting the mind, spending more time in nature, doing things, being—not <laughs> just doing, but being—can really help you to to access that intuition. Because when we're on the fly and life can get busy, uh, we do. We have so many choices to make in the day that if we don't take that time to quiet our mind. We're not going to make or likely aren't. Some people might just have nat- a really natural, strong gift and in intuition, um, but we're likely probably not going to make those great intuitive choices as much. So I hope that answers your question.
0: No, it does. So when it comes to something that I'm really curious to know is to become more intuitive, is it a question that you need to quieten your mind more? For anyone thinking, I'm not intuitive at all. I'm not in touch with myself at all would you say you really need to quieten your mind to start to become intuitive?
1: I think that first of all, I believe we are all intuitive. And I think that it's just a matter of of first of all, saying that to yourself and knowing that you do have that inner knowing within yourself, because again, that comes back to that self-esteem, self-confidence. And while yes, I do think that quieting the mind i mean that's the classic way when we look at the research when we look at the sages and the mystics and the spiritual gurus and teachers throughout millennia meditation quieting the mind is the classic way to do that and now we know that there's so many great health benefits with meditation and quieting the mind and things like yoga and mindfulness and relaxation techniques that why wouldn't we do that anyway it's it's great for our health at at any rate however I know that a lot of people are very busy, and when you're listening to this and thinking, well, how am I going to squeeze that in? I think that maybe look at your life and look at what are you trying to do? What are you trying to accomplish? If you're trying to do so much, how well are you really accomplishing that? I would imagine probably not as well as maybe you think, or maybe other parts of your life are suffering because of what you're trying to pack in. And so quiet in the mind can be in that classic form of meditation. So that can be maybe a meditation app, although I'm a huge fan of having a teacher in the beginning and maybe even having a teacher with you for your life or truly having some type of guru or some, somebody. Um, but I also think that, and the research shows us as well, that it can be things like gardening. It can be going for a walk in nature. It can be just sitting and being in nature. Um, But it's something that, some type of activity where you are not thinking about the past or the future. A few years ago, it was really popular. I think one of the number one, the number one book, I think, on Amazon sales a few years ago, maybe 10 years ago or so, was these adult coloring books. And so being able to just do something for the sake of just enjoying the activity can really be beneficial for connecting with your intuition. And and yes, there's, there's correlation to even neuroscience with thickening of different cortical regions in the brain with meditation. Um, there's evidence that when a person gets into a meditative state, that actually the, it seems that some people believe that the consciousness is in the brain, but it actually seems that more research is showing that it's quite probable that really our brain is just a filter for connecting with the greater consciousness. And so if we can quiet the, the, the worry, the thinking, the judgment, the fear our you know, all those wounds um, the ego, the part that, that thinks we've got it all wrapped up or what have you and really settle in we're likely able to connect with even a greater consciousness and, and see things from a more full, whole perspective. And that's where life can get really rich. And you can really then tap into um, great potentials for yourself and then really align with... So it, intuition is gathering information. And then you can be proactive with your dreams, your goals, and having a more, more clarity with your intentions and what you want to create in your life. And you're going to just be much more happy, uh, people around you will be more happy and you'll be much more successful, I would say, in a true deep way in life.
0: Are there any other ways that intuitive living can affect you? The reason why I bring this up is this was a few months ago. Um, I I don't know really how it happened. I had a little bit of a health stare and I started intuitively eating. And I started asking myself, you know, what is my body asking for rather than what am I going to give my body? And suddenly I gave up meat. That was very quick. I gave up dairy because I was just asking myself, what does my body need? What is intuitive eating? And then I took that approach and I put it in different areas of my life from sleeping to work. There were days I would think, you know what? And I understand this comes from a certain level of privilege because I have my own business. But if I thought, you know what, my body is telling me it really needs to exercise right now. It needs to go outside. It doesn't need to be working out numbers or figures. I really started looking inward. So uh, other than the examples that you have given, how else can intuitive living impact someone? Mm.
1: Well, I love that you mentioned the body because you're exactly right. Listening to your body is huge. I think a lot of people, for example, from the moment we get up in the morning and people are fueling with caffeine. I mean, what is that saying? It's saying you're tired. It's saying I need to have more rest in my life. And again, I think we're conditioned to push. We're conditioned to reach some type of level of of success. What does that really mean? I mean, yes, we need to be able to pay our bills. Uh, Most people are not don't have a, a silver spoon, you know, aren't born with that. And even then, not, you know, people I've known who have a great wealth that that isn't always necessarily a gift, by the way. Um it can be in certain regards. But I do think that listening to your body is huge. I mean, um for years I wanted to have a morning yoga practice because I knew how powerful that could be and we think about most people, many people are dealing with some type of even back pain or having headaches daily or certain, or, you know, some, some element of dis dis ease or discomfort. And if you were to be able to take, um, each day to be able to engage in some type of movement, that that could really affect just your sense of being alive, right? Because that sense of aliveness is, is where is that energy and sense of aliveness in your body And where do you feel like that energy is sort of heavy or uncomfortable? And so I think just the quality of living of, of your experience of being in the now can greatly shift. And then from there, you know, there's different aspects of life. So you ask, well, I mean, it can impact your relationships. How, first of all, first and foremost, some would say first and foremost, God, depending on your religious or spiritual beliefs. But I, um, and, and, and with me, I feel like there's no difference between I and God. This is my belief. I believe we we are all one in that regard. So I, but I think that as far as our experiences, how do you feel within yourself? So first and foremost, your relationship with yourself. Um, and then also your relationships with others. What is the quality of that? How satisfied are you with that? Most people want to give and receive love. I think that that is at the core of all of this. And I do believe that when we are living from an intuitive place, and this is why I put a heart on my book and I painted this heart, is I really do believe that we are in that state of love. And and so I think that maybe even asking yourself throughout the day, am I coming from a place of love? Ram Das has a, a quote or a mantra that he would repeat to himself, I am loving awareness. And so I think that when we, when we think about the, the states of meditation and, and presence and consciousness, that this is something, and this is where mindfulness is so popular, because you can practice mindfulness as a meditation, or you can bring it into your daily activities. And then and, and this is another way of developing your intuition is to be able to be in the present moment of within that state. Now, I know that that's easier said than done. And I understand it, I still get triggered by certain experiences that can create anxiety within myself. So I don't have it all perfectly wrapped up in a bow myself, but it's a heck of a lot better than it was 20 years ago before I had my intuitive teacher. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if that helps, but those are just some examples of of when you say lifestyle, um, that it can impact, you know, your base, everything, your quality of life and all dimensions of your life.
0: So what is the history of intuitive development? Because for me, because I've got into it so recently for me it feels like a very modern thing but I can imagine this actually goes back to maybe even ancient times where people were listening to their bodies as opposed to I mean you can even look at social media how many people are impacted their choices because of social media or because of what other people are saying or even what they find on the internet so what is the history of intuitive living
1: yeah. Well, I mean, I haven't gone through a whole, you know, the whole, all the way back thousands of years, but I just, from a little bit of what I understand, I think it's as innate as who we are as human beings or as creatures. I mean, animals, animals live intuitively. We are animals. I think it's just part of who we are. It's, it's something that I think when you say modern, I think that our society, there's so many people on the planet. We have s- such large cities, The priorities of what's important for all of us, I think in some regards has gotten maybe a little bit out of hand (laughs) as far as what we really need in order to be happy and to sustain ourselves and to be good to the earth and each other. And so I think that it's just, as far as the history goes, absolutely. I think it goes all the way back to, you know, the cave people, if you want to call it that, or um, all the way back to Adam and Eve wherever you want to start wherever your history starts in your mind and yes if you look at all of the different religions and spiritual practice or most most of them most of the major ones there is very much an element um Jesus would say the kingdom of heaven is inside you um you know Buddha is all about that being able to get into that that state of what some type people, uh, kind of grasp at which is enlightenment but really it's it's there I mean this is synonymous it's the kingdom of heaven is inside you this is the enlightenment if you settle in it's there for you and this is why people have for thousands of years gone into nature had rituals um, had you know just sang, danced is so that we can just be and and then allow ourselves to be in in these more peaceful and sometimes even ecstatic states.
0: Yeah, I fully understand what you're saying and I completely agree. So having now spoken a little bit about the history, if everyone nowadays was living intuitively, what do you think the world would look like, Emmy? (laughs)
1: Oh my gosh, it makes me want to cry. I think people would be so happy.
0: Mm.
1: I think that they would be so loving to each other.
0: What do you think the impact on politics would be?
1: I think politics would be much more um, cooperative. Mm. I think politics would be much more about the other person is really me. Mm. Right. Martin Buber talked about us and us and us and them. The the um, I, thou, you know, pe- there's this whole thing of separatism, of competition, of I need to one up the other person but if we really recognize that the other is us and how we how we are to others is really directly mm-hmm. intimately impacting ourselves and that if we can really uplift others we're uplifting everybody that would just be tremendous and i know a lot of people are working in that direction the thing is that we know is that a lot of people who get power and have the financial resources tend to dominate because they want control and power and they want more, more, more. Now, I'm not saying that there aren't wonderful innovations. I love my iPhone, you know. Um, I think that there's a lot of great innovations that have happened from some of these powerful corporations. And I do know that some of these, you know, organizations do try to give back and, and so forth, but I do think that we can would be much more cooperative with each other. And um, my mother was a professional mediator. And so she would mediate cases that were sent to her from a judge. And she was able to solve 80% of the cases without a judge. And Mm -hmm. the people who were fighting when they came to her, when they left, were amicable, became acquaintances, and and, and they were very friendly with each other. And they had more compassion for each other, which is, again, coming back to this heart, to this love, is that I think that this is our natural state of love, you know, and we think about when we're being held by our mother and being raised, however you were raised, um, by a lot of people with their parents, that that's really what we all want at the core.
0: Do you think then coming back to if everyone was living intuitively, there wouldn't be such a thing as war
1: I think that there would not be such a thing as war if there was Mm. people really living intuitively. Again, it would be from a place of cooperation. I think that there would be councils of people who would be um, trained well in mediation and how to truly have conversations, listen to each other, and find the best ways to treat each other. Absolutely. With love and compassion.
0: Having spoken about competition, do you think competition is social conditioning as opposed to intuitive living?
1: Well, it's interesting. I just recently talked with somebody about, about competition. Um, I think that competition does have an element to bringing out the best in ourselves, but I think you can have healthy competition. And so I think that there, there may be, maybe we could possibly, and some psychologists have probably done this, maybe qualify it as sort of unhealthy versus healthy competition And so, yeah, I mean, you know, if you look at children when they're when they're growing up, they have a bit of sibling rivalry. They want to have the most attention and love from the parent. Right. That's a that's a component that happens. Um, And so I think that some of that is is natural. But again, I think the way that that children are raised uh, could maybe mitigate some of that so they can feel safe and loved.
0: Now, I was reading an article which stated hope and dreams both disempower us from our own practical agency. This article was arguing that these two words, these two concepts, hope and dreams, block intuitive approaches to life. Could you maybe explain this a bit further?
1: Yeah, well, having not read the article, I I think it's possible. First of all, I'm a big fan of hope and dreams, but I would have to read the article to see what angle they were coming at it from. I think that if a person is just wishing and just hoping, but not really maybe putting things into action, that maybe that's where things can possibly get in the way. Or maybe you can share a little bit more about what happened in, in that article. Um, but from an intuitive perspective, again, I think that it is really getting clear with what your true inner knowing is, is telling you. And I think that sometimes people can get attached to thoughts, emotions, fear is a big one that can block people. Um and so if we're operating from a place of fear and hoping versus from a place of possibilities, that's very different for, with our ability to actually reach our dreams cuz dreams do ha- can happen for sure.
0: Are there any areas in our life where we can't turn to our gut or intuition?
1: I I, you know, that's a great question. I don't think so. I think that our intuition is always there for us. It's just learning for yourself, which is what I describe in my book. And I have free, some free resources on my YouTube channel as well on how you intuit, because everybody's slightly different in how they intuit. The only, the only way where I think that somebody might feel like their intuition is being impacted is if they're giving up their power or if they are in some type of environment where they have some control over them, but even then you can still access your intuition. And then of course, because I have, because I'm an occupational therapist, therapist, I think about cognitive impairment, if your Mm -hmm. cognition is impacted. And I think that, you know, that's on a continuum and some people's cognition is impacted by their emotions, by their fear. And that's where if we can settle in and do various activities to kind of reclaim that that peace within ourselves, you're going to recognize that your cognition will expand into more possibilities.
0: So we've talked about the history of intuition, we have defined it. And we've also discussed what the world would look like if everyone was living intuitively and the areas where we might not be able to trust our gut, which I agree with you, Emmy, I think every area of our life, we can go back into our intuition and our true authentic selves and our core mission. How many people do you think on the planet, if you maybe have to think of a percentage, are living intuitively?
1: <laughs> I think everybody's living intuitively to some degree. Mm-hmm. But if we were to frame it from how many people are living intuitively, primarily, I would say that the that, that is probably a lower percentage. Um I would, (laughs) it's a fun question. I would say it's probably um, who are primarily living from intuition, maybe less than 10% of the, of the population, maybe even, maybe even around 5% people who are really, I don't know. What do you think? I mean, that's kind of what I, what I, but again, people Mm. are, I think people are, have moments of listening to their intuition. They just don't know it. Yeah. And this is where, this is why I wrote my book is to try to really empower people to know that it's more, can be in more in your control. I don't mm-hmm. really love that word, but are something that you can access more readily more often than you think by doing these various activities and exercises. And then you can live it and it can live you.
0: I do agree actually with you. I think the majority of people aren't living intuitively. I think a lot of that comes from either our working lives, even our social lives, how we grow up and any trauma that we undergo. And I think considering everything less than 5% for sure. And especially in the Western world, because I think we are inundated with a lot of rubbish, a lot of garbage, just things that do not matter and things that are promoted to us. Are uh, you should be wearing this, or you should look like this, or you should be doing this, rather than actually, what do I want on almost a subconscious level, rather than making a conscious decision, which leads me onto my next question. Where in our lives, Emmy, do you think we primarily don't listen to our gut or follow our intuition? Would you say it's at home with our families or in our social circles, or even maybe at work?
1: Well, again, since I would say that the number one relationship begins with how you feel about yourself, I would say it's just your own felt sense of who you are. And then that carries over into every aspect of your life. Um, I think one area from the, from the Western world perspective that we are taught to, to, to develop, which I think is, which is good, um, is definitely, but can be, mm, can be very stressful because the way that it's structured is work. And so I think that that is an area where, um, where people can get tripped up a lot, but, you know, even relationships, people can get tripped up because it's so, it's so emotional, right? And it's a matter of, is this really good for me? Why do I wanna be in this relationship? Is it serving me? Is it some unmet need? I mean, we all need relationships, but that's where I think starting with how you feel about yourself uh, is really, really important. And I would say that for for me, my self-love and self-acceptance has grown tremendously since I've been doing this. And that is probably the greatest gift uh, for me, because the more that I—and not from like some type of narcissistic perspective—it's really from a, I'm a good person, uh, I I'm lovable, and I'm doing my best. I'm not always perfect. I make mistakes, but I can forgive myself from that. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes people get so hard on themselves, and they can get even paralyzed with going forward in life, and sometimes even stay stuck in certain situations because they don't feel like maybe they're worthy or that they have the capabilities to do something else.
0: Hi Tribers, having met you at the Smart Girl Tribe Summit, I know how much you love stationery, and I have searched high and low for a stationery brand that is empowering, inclusive, and thoughtfully designed, which is why I am so excited to share Seth Crafts. Not only will Seth Crafts handmade journals and planners help you become intentional about planning your day, that you'll be able to seamlessly track your goals, accomplishments, and even your monthly budget. I opened up in the Smart Girls Handbook about my burnout and the importance of developing a bulletproof self-care routine, and Seth Crafts has been lovingly created to achieve exactly that with zero guilt. Head to the show notes after the episode to see for yourself. And as a bonus, with the code SGT10, you will get a 10% discount off any product. Diving in then, could you explain the link between our intuition and consciousness? Mm.
1: Well, our intuition is very much connected to our consciousness. Our consciousness is really... I mean, depending on who you talk to, it's fundamental to who we are. It's where everything arises from in our experiences. So our intuition is something that we connect to through our consciousness. Or one could say is, I had the great pleasure of actually recently speaking with Deepak Chopra, and he says that it's pure consciousness. So meaning that our intuition is the core and the heart of who we are, which is ultimately connected to all of us the oneness that we all share.
0: Wow. So is there a difference between following our intuition and being fully conscious in the present moment?
1: You know, I think that in our, at least in the Western culture, our fast paced society, I think that we can... I was thinking about this when we spoke earlier about how, yes, meditation is a classic way to access intuition. And I know a lot of people think, oh, I don't have time for that, or I'm too busy. The truth is, is that that can help lay the foundation for us to access it more readily. And you, can, you we're all having opportunities throughout our days to feel into our intuition. So it, it doesn't have to be mutually exclusive. It's something that then you can live and breathe throughout your entire daily experience. What can happen is that when we are so muddled from past conditionings, from certain emotions, expectations, past wounds, our intuition isn't as clear for us. And so I think it's really important that we all take the time to go through those layers of our consciousness that can be that can keep that mud in our consciousness so that our mind is not as clear as it can be. Then as we go forward, as we heal, I really think about this is why I work as an intuitive healer and why I'm in the healthcare and this can really dovetail with intuition is that as we heal or grow or you know expand our consciousness, we can then get more to that heart. Get more to that area that we want to get to with intuition, because if our past wounds and our subconscious or unconscious expectations of others are there, that is what we're going to create in our lives. Carl mm-hmm. Jung talked about this. You know, until we make the unconscious conscious, you will um, experience life as though you think it's it's fate or destiny. But really, it's up to you to be able to connect more deeply within and to really access, what are your true gifts? How are you meant to serve? The more that we give, the more that we can receive. You know, a lot of people want experiences, want to have things in life, but I was just meditating the other day and and thinking about how much in my life, my giving, and a lot of people talk about this, right? Like when you're feeling really down, go and volunteer, because what happens, your heart is open. And the more that your heart is open, the more that you're in that state of that pure consciousness, which is really connected with that love state. And then you can give and receive and be more in that flow.
0: So what is the relationship then between fate, destiny, and our intuition? Because some people could say, I'm going to follow my intuition, but that's probably not going to end up being my destiny, or it's not my fate, or Some people could maybe go against their intuition and then find themselves in a state where they think, "Okay, this is really what was meant to be." You know, that saying, "What is meant to be will be." So, what is the relationship between those three things then?
1: I do believe that ultimately our experiences are up to us. I do believe that, um, up to us, meaning the collect ourselves individually, putting in quotes, (laughs) and and the collective us. In that we have, you know, you're talking to me, so I do believe that we, I do believe in reincarnation, I do believe that we come to this earth with sort of a, a map of what our experiences can be. And I do think that when we are more in the flow of what that, what we have sort of originally signed up for, things are going to flow better for us. Now, does that mean that we're not going to have challenges? I think that we will have challenges and we can have challenges, but they might be more eased. The rough edges might become more smooth. Uh, There are times that we think that, you know, something is really challenging us and, you know, maybe like with experiences with anxiety, and that might actually be your intuition sort of being a bumper of what what the best path forward is. And so with destiny and... and, uh, you know, how much of it is your own making or, you know, predetermined versus free will. Everybody has their own beliefs around that. So I certainly don't want to tell people what they should believe around that because I think ultimately people will, will come to that on their own. But for me, with since you're talking to me within my own experiences and working with thousands of people, I have worked in hospitals, skilled nursing facilities, private care, home care, I've seen so many health conditions, mind, body that people have gone through, and it's made me contemplate, why do we have all these certain experiences? And I do think that um, we need each other, we need to support each other. And I think that the more that we can, you know, I love how you're all about empowerment, so so that people can feel empowered within themselves, but also to ask for support, so that you don't feel like you have to go through this on your own, because I think that with intuition, it seems like it is it is an inside job, but at the same time, it connects us to the all. And so as far as that that predetermined, I think that intuition can just help us connect back with that clear, flowing river that is who we are.
0: So for anyone then who has maybe gone through a trauma or a traumatic experience, whether they consider that to be small or to be grand, if they want to then come back to their intuition, what advice would you give to them?
1: Well, I definitely think if somebody's truly experienced trauma, which a lot of people have, I think it's always good to have some type of good therapist, some type of good healer that you're working with so that you're not doing it on your own. That being said, there are a lot of things that you can do either through the guidance of some type of therapist or healer. Of course, there's a lot of free YouTube videos and apps and so forth. I think that absolutely healing from that experience is crucial because in that process, we learn I mean I do believe that a lot of life is learning and in that process we can come to greater compassion for ourselves and for others which a lot of times trauma I mean my heart goes out to it I've I've to people who've experienced that I've experienced trauma and it it really can freeze your emotions and your thoughts and your beliefs within that that time frame or that experience and really condition yourself to whatever was connected to that trauma for you. And so I think it's really important to, to bring balm and healing and love and light to those wounds, because that is a way of evolving your consciousness and helping you to settle into your intuition more and trust it more as you go forward. Because one of the best ways to, to trust your intuition is to notice what in your life Was there a time that you felt you really knew that that probably wasn't the best thing retrospectively, but you did it anyway? And so, and then maybe things carried out in a way that weren't so great. So I think that you can then settle in more and, uh, and it's hard to even talk about because there's so many nuances that happen in our consciousness when we go through that healing process, particularly around trauma, but I think they can go definitely hand in hand.
0: Is there anything that you can do outside of therapy? Anything else that you would consider as healing that the general public might not be aware of, or it's not as talked about as maybe it should be? Well,
1: this is why I'm such a fan of meditation. And if you don't like the word meditation or that feels arduous to you, then maybe think of it as just finding time to relax and get quiet and get still within yourself. And to be able to be okay to be with yourself. I think a lot of people are running from themselves because they're so uncomfortable with their own thoughts and emotions. So I think it's, you know, if it's journaling, getting out your feelings and emotions, if it's, um, you know, talking with a good friend, you know, sometimes our friends can be our best therapists and having somebody who, who really loves you to listen with you. I think that guided imagery can be really profound as well, which, you know, there's different sort of perceptions of what guided imagery is, but from a kind of a healing healthcare therapeutic perspective, which really has its roots in shamanism, which is the oldest really healing tradition or, you know, those traditional healing traditions with very, in various cultures is really accessing that higher power, that spiritual connection. And so I think that You know, one thing we haven't talked too much about is spirituality. And spirituality means different things to different people. Often it means a connection with something that's greater than yourself. And some people might find that that's really also finding the greater part of themselves. And for some reason, as humans, we can be really hard on ourselves and we don't always recognize our full potential. And we can have layers of beliefs or thoughts that can stop us from that. So I think that with meditation, we're really, again, distilling down and kind of teasing out what is the truth about me? You discovering what is the truth about you beyond these conditionings, these experiences, because we can have, um, was it Martin Luther King who gave his I Have a Dream speech like 60 or hundreds of times to elementary schools before he took center stage and just wowed everybody on the mall there. So if he had stopped and just thought, you know, these kids aren't that interested, he wouldn't have continued and actually given that amazing speech. So I just say to everybody, keep going, keep believing in yourself. I mean, this is the thing is that I think that with intuition, it really is the heart of the truth of the beauty of who we all are. And that amazing, the amazing gifts that we have to not only share, but also to experience in life. And again, to get back into that, like giving and receiving. Um, And again, if meditation is not your cup of tea, just go out into nature, maybe go for a nice walk, do things that you enjoy, not to the point of being too hedonistic, or where it kind of flips over into being unhealthy. But I think a lot of people deprive themselves or limit um, the pleasure of who they are within themselves.
0: Talking about spirituality, then, do you feel, Emmy, that the closer we become to a higher power, we'll call it, the more intuitive we are allowing ourselves to be?
1: I do think so, because I do think that intuition to me is very synonymous with that pure consciousness and love, which. I believe is really probably the highest vibration in the universe. And so when we are connected with that, we can be our best selves and we can really tap into all sorts of possibilities that we didn't even know were possible, the ways that we might limit ourselves. You know, another definition for spirituality can be meaning and purpose in life you know, what gives you meaning and purpose. And when you look at like happiness research studies, a lot of people think it's having a lot of money or looking a certain way or having a particular relationship and all those things are are very important. And within that context, meaning and purpose seems to rise to the top. Mm -hmm. Experiences where you are, dare I say, even more in a blissful state again, not just kind of head in the clouds and not being, you know, grounded to reality, but where you are truly enjoying each moment. What a radical idea. Is that even possible? I believe it is possible. I believe it is possible. And of course, things are going to happen to people, um, challenges with health, with with finances. Um, in my experience, I've had... I've dealt with my own symptoms of anxiety and depression at times in my life. I've had finances go up and down. And those are the times when it's really helped me to dig deeply. And that's, that's the opportunity where we can really go deep within. And, you know, it isn't something that is so far out of reach. I mean, you could really have like maybe two to three times a week, having a quiet time, relaxation time, meditation, maybe just listening to some type of meditation, make sure you don't fall asleep so you can get the benefits of it for maybe 15, 20 minutes. And I guarantee you, the if you find somebody whose voice you enjoy listening to, and you enjoy the guided meditation or guided imagery, you're going to want to do that more frequently. And then that's going to help you to do it eventually daily this happened in my life i didn't think i'd ever get to the point where i'd meditate daily now i'm actually living it moment to moment and i'm not and i used to use one of the other um, ways to really access your intuition is to work with tarot cards or make your own intuitive cards which are so much fun and i have a description in my book on how to do that and i've used those a lot over the years because when we can get very emotionally attached or think we're attached to a particular outcome, those cards can help us kind of cut through what might be best for us or or it might validate. And that can help you to understand how am I intuiting? So we all intuit in different ways, meaning that you might hear something, you might hear um, music or you might hear messages, Uh, you might mm, feel more, have more of that quality of that sense perspective, from within your body and one of my guided imagery is a special place imagery if you listen to that notice which senses are most active in that experience and that's going to let you know which what way you intuit most and then what can happen is that once you start to trust it and to feel into it and know how you intuit you can bring that into your daily activities and you can just check into it and so some throughout the day i'll get quiet And I'll listen and I'll feel and just kind of settle within. Prayer is another way. By the way, if anybody's listening who has a particular religion that you follow, that that really resonates with you, stay within that tradition of that religion and really go as deep as you want into prayer, because that can really also bring you into that peace, that calm, but also into joy and maybe even ecstatic states as well.
0: That's amazing. And could you also talk about how we can strengthen our intuition or access our intuitive knowing? Yeah,
1: well, some of those ways that I just mentioned are really, for me and the people I've worked with, the classic ways of really strengthening your intuition is to, I don't wanna repeat what I just mentioned, but those those areas I just mentioned, um, another way that people intuit is through dreams. Mm -hmm. So pay attention to your dreams. Some people say, I don't dream, Um, and then maybe set an intention, which is really powerful, by the way. By the way, with all of this, what is your intention? What do you want to have happen? So we are very powerful. Our beliefs are super powerful. What we believe. If you believe you can't develop your intuition, then you're not probably going to develop your intuition. But if you believe you can and that you believe that by doing these various activities, they're going to heighten that for you, they, they likely will. So meaning that if you believe that you can have dreams, maybe go to bed at night with the intention of, I'm going to remember my dreams tonight or my dream, and then notice what what dream came to you and maybe even keep a dream journal. Carl Jung talked about that, according to him anyway, and I know there's different methods for working with dreams, is that he suggested that you keep a dream journal and then over time, notice the story that starts to develop. And likely this is this part of you that really wants to emerge and get your attention. And the more that you do this, the more that you connect with that part of you that maybe you're not always in, as in touch with, I promise you, you're going to be more in touch with it. You're going to, um, have those aha moments more readily. And intuition can come in flashes as well. Um, meaning that you might just get like this knowing of, oh, I have to do this or I shouldn't do this. And it can also come in like repeated messages from people who you're communicating with. If you hear certain themes or if you hear music or lyrics or see something like on a billboard, if you're driving to pay attention to what's speaking to you. Sometimes people talk about signs and symbols. That's another way, you know, if you see a particular animal, um. Or if you dream of a particular animal, you can look up or meditate on the meaning of that animal and what that might be sharing with you, what gift it wants you to know.
0: And what are some questions we can ask ourselves to dig deeper and start living intuitively? Wow, that's
1: a great question. I think that what do you want out of life? I think, you know, for me, the big motivation for me connecting with intuition, I think a lot of people is, is that I think it's to get you closer to what you want in life. So when I first came to, I mean, granted, we all are intuitive. We're born with intuition. But when I first came to working with an intuitive, I was at a point in my life where My career was there was a big question mark around it, which is so interesting because now I've written a book about intuition, Um, but not that you need to go write a book on intuition, but it did help me to get clear on how to go forward in my life, meaning that I thought that I had selected the right healthcare profession and it is a great foundation for how I'm working, but there was so much more expansion to happen for me. And so I think that if you're not satisfied in a relationship, if you're not satisfied in your job, if you're not satisfied with where you're living, what is it that you want? Then I would say that's the first question, because that's going to help set that tone of that intention of where you want to go. And then connecting with your intuition can only help you get closer to that and actually fully realize it. And those dreams can come true. You know, when I've heard that in my life, I just thought, oh, that's for these people over there. They're just lucky or what have you. But everybody, I believe, has everybody has luck in their lives. It's just aligning with it. Mm -hmm. If you turn away from it. It's not going to happen. You got to be in the flow with it.
0: From what I have understood, intuitive living is really living mindfully with compassion and being very awake in every area or arena of your life. So how do you not get affected by the news and negativity surrounding you every day? Do you have any tips or tricks on that, Emmy?
1: Well, I think everybody has to do what works for them. Some people are news junkies. Some people literally have degrees in political science, uh, and are maybe are attorneys, and that's just that's their thing. They're just into that, and that's a big part of who they are. And so I I don't want to sound like all that should be shut off because it's fundamental. Again, when we look at the collective consciousness of who we are, what's happening in the world is happening to all of us. So I think that it is good to be informed. I think that there might be times in your life if you're not a person where that is your arena you know, professionally or an interest, strong interest. I think that it, for me, there are times that I've had to kind of turn the dial down on how much I'm checking my feed. Um, I've had to, you know, just kind of, maybe, maybe there's a few weeks where I just catch the headlines or maybe I skip a day or two where I'm, where I'm just kind of taking a break from that. If it's overwhelming for you at the same time, I think that it is good to be informed. I think that what can happen is I would encourage all of you to notice how do you react to those news stories? Meaning, does it enrage you? Is it something you want to take action on? Is it is it putting salt in those traumatic wounds you've experienced and it's just, you know, triggering you? And so I think that everybody's got to find their way with how to be with those, not just news stories, but what's happening in, in the world. And what do you want to do about it? right? Because everybody's different with how they want to handle it. Either they might dive into something. Uh, for me, I'm a big advocate of integrative health and, and healthcare and, and along with intuition, which really, when you look at all the integrative health approaches, they're really all about getting into that homeostatic balance. And, you know, that's where you ask about things that you can do, you know, getting body work, acupuncture, energy healing, maybe even getting trained in energy healing. Cause that's the fundamental component of intuition that those things can all help you with with discovering and deepening your intuition. And so for me, I've been a big advocate with uh, bringing integrative health more into mainstream healthcare. Now, somebody might shy away from that, but for me, it was something I dove headfirst into. Mm -hmm.
0: And I do want to put some scenarios out there because I know everyone has their own little challenges. So, scenario number one, Emmy, let's say someone is dating someone and their intuition, their gut feeling is telling them that they're attracted to someone else. Let's say quite strongly, and they start thinking about pursuing this alternative relationship. What would you recommend there? Should they be following their intuition?
1: Well, that is a great question, Scarlett. And I think that again, I would encourage you first and foremost to notice, is this really my intuition of what's best for me to pursue another relationship? Or is there something missing in my current relationship that I could work with my partner on to improve? And now if that's been exhausted, then, you know, again, I want to be careful because everybody's going to do what's best for them. Um, If that were me, I would, if there was something really calling me, and that actually has happened to me, where I was in a relationship with somebody, and then I met somebody else, that I think it's important to really look at, has your current relationship exhausted all of its potential? Because it could be that you're just going through a slump, or it could be that really it's run its course. (laughs) And... I've been I've been married with my current partner for for nearly 20 years, but I'm talking about somebody before this. And I did leave that relationship. Actually, the person I'm married to now is is who I who I left them for. Um, but it was clear to me that 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 current relationship had run its course. And our goals, our big goals for us, it was I don't have any biological children. I have many lovely nieces and nephews and three beautiful stepchildren, but I didn't want to birth my own children. And that particular person did. So I think it's important to look at, are our values and goals? How aligned are we? And if they're not fully aligned, then absolutely, you need to find the partner that you have your values and goals aligned with.
0: Thank you for being so honest. And <laughs> then we'll do the second scenario. Let's say someone is in a stable job with a secure financial cushion, yet their gut is telling them to pursue their side hustle. What would you suggest?
1: I've also been in this scenario a couple of times, and I think that absolutely, if you are feeling this call, because I think that the world would be so different if so many of us really listened to what that quote side hustle is all about, I would just say that make sure you have good financial reserves or good financial resource so that when you are building up your side hustle into something that can be a full income, 100% income stream for you to the level of what you need your finances at. Build that up while you have your other resources flowing as you transition, because financial stress, there's nothing like it. And well, health, obviously, if you're having like a significant health issue, but it's, it can be very detrimental and stress by the way, this is why meditation and relaxation are so important for accessing intuition really can impact your ability to access your intuition. So I would just say that rather than just totally leaping or jumping into that side hustle, Um, or when you do that, make sure that you have enough financial cushion and resources to be able to do that.
0: And then evidence has shown that anxiety and depression, as we've mentioned, do compromise intuition. So what would you say to anyone specifically suffering from either of those things, if their intuition is becoming foggy because of their anxiety and this is something I can absolutely relate to a lot of the time I do suffer from anxiety I will choose the right thing to do as opposed to maybe the thing I really want to do and that my gut is telling me to do because I'll get anxious about pursuing that and either disappointing someone else or not living up to someone else's expectations or even because I think the alternative road is the better one. So what would you say to anyone specifically suffering from anxiety or depression and it's clouding their intuition?
1: Again, I think that a great question because so many people, and I, I deal with anxiety myself, it's gotten a lot better, but I still have things or areas in my life that trigger it for sure. And have had moments of depression, which really for a lot of people is very normal, unresolved grief that just hasn't been addressed. And I would say a lot of anxiety is probably a lot of unresolved loss and grief and lack of self-confidence and self-esteem, which by the way, intuition can really strengthen your self-confidence and self-esteem because you can have more positive things happen in your life. And then you see that play out and then it builds your confidence to then continue to go forward in that in that similar fashion. So again, I think that really getting to the core of what's causing that anxiety. What are those beliefs? Now, I'm a recovering people pleaser myself. I'm a recovering perfectionist. And that has really um, helped me to loosen up around what if if somebody's not happy with the choice that I make, for example. I think it's good to be respectful and to not harm other people for sure. But if there's something that you need to do that's important in your life and somebody might be upset with it, they're going to have to deal. I mean, I don't know what else to say. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And that's, that's um, being true to yourself, but also being as compassionate to the other individual knowing, I mean, I kind of live from this, you know, my intention in life is that, I want to have whatever I do be for the highest good and greatest joy for myself and for others. And sometimes somebody might be disappointed with your choices initially, but then in the long run, they might recognize that that really was the best choice. So, example, my my partner I was with before my husband is now married with two beautiful children, and is happy and and so that's in the long run that was the right choice for both of us. At the time, it was incredibly painful. We loved each other deeply, mm-hmm. and so I think that working through that that anxiety and those beliefs. And sometimes our anxiety can be what is truly our intuition. So for example, I used to go, there's wonderful things happening in mainstream healthcare, but my recent employed position, I've been self-employed for well over 15 years consecutively now, over 20 years cumulatively. But the last job that I had, it was great to a point. And then it started creating anxiety for me. Because it wasn't the right thing anymore. And so notice that sometimes anxiety can be a wound that needs to be healed. And sometimes it's actually our intuition speaking to us, telling us that this is not the right path.
0: Wow. And I'd love to know, Emmy, what is your favorite quote or the mantra you live by?
1: Well, you know, I love this question. I've got a few I live by, but one that probably stands out is do unto others as you would have them do unto you the golden rule.
0: Absolutely. And finally, what books or podcasts on this subject would you recommend to our audience?
1: Well, I definitely would need to recommend my book, Intuitive Development, How to Trust Your Inner Knowing for Guidance with Relationships, Health and Spirituality. And thank you, Scarlett, for allowing me to share this with everybody. And that's in a print copy. Um, it's in a soft cover through, uh, well, you might list where people can get it. And then also it's an ebook as well. And I'm actually currently about to release an audio version of it as well. An audio book. Yeah. That'll be coming out in the next couple of months.
0: How exciting. Congratulations.
1: Thank you. Yes. So fun. And then my, I have the podcast healing connections podcast. And then another one I'd like to share is a fabulous one. It's called new thinking aloud with Dr. Jeffrey
0: Mishlove. Thank you for listening to the Smart Girl Tribe podcast. I am your host, Scarlett V. Clark, award-winning founder and CEO of Smart Girl Tribe, the UK's number one female empowerment organisation, host of this top-rated podcast, the Smart Girl Tribe podcast, and author. You are my community, my family, so come and follow along for more female empowerment and personal development in our private Facebook group, the Smart Girl Tribe Society, or on Twitter or Instagram at Smart Girl Tribe.